<laughs> so this is my last one for the night, for the morning, because it's actually daylight now. Um, but I am going to give you all a more detailed account of my injury at work. All right. So the day started off really good. You know, felt good. Uh, we had a team meeting that morning. It's a good meeting. And we got done at about between 9 and 9.30, I think. So, uh, yeah, so we get our equipment before our meeting. After our meeting, we head out. Some of us smoke, so we may smoke a cigarette and then head out. I get to my first job, and um, my customer, you can tell she had came home from work to be there so someone would be there while I was working and uh, she was telling me her problems that she was having with the equipment <clears throat> so I told her I would go outside and I am going to check her lines make sure the cables are okay out there so the main cable that feeds the house uh, was impaired so we can't always tell exactly what's wrong with it but if we're looking at our meters the correct way and looking at our signal the right way we can tell when something's off really quick really quick so I noticed that her line needed to be changed right away well I didn't know it was her line at first so I checked my tap which was on the pole I checked my tap tap was good Check the end of the line again. Still bad. Change the connector. Still bad. So I go get my cable. Line needs to be changed. No big deal. Get up there. Hook a line up. Uh, tie it off. Get it connected to the pole. Boom. Done. We're gone. And uh, so I get my cable and taking the ladder, the cable with me while I'm walking my path back to the ladder to the pole to go up and change it so I get up there snip the other line hook the other line up get it tied to the pole it was aerial to underground so we tie it to the pole and neatly take it down a pole so that when they bury it or when I'm done with it it's not just hanging and it's neat so I get up there take the cable down hook my cable up and getting ready to tie it to the strand that's close to the pole so I can have it going down neatly. And the strand pops. So this strand is supposed to hold two tons. And a lot of us technicians, we use that. But we trust that strand not to break. And I think I'm the first person that is broken on. But we trust that strand not to break. You know, we would rather put our ladder on the strand in a pole and sometimes our uh, taps are too far away from the pole to put our ladders on the pole so we have to put it on the strand sometimes but we learn to trust it we do we learn to trust it so the strand breaks and I hear the noise bow that it breaks and I'm thinking it's the transformer above me so I fall, the fall was very quick. 
Um, I look up and the transformer's still there. The pole isn't broken. So I'm a little confused because I don't know what's going on or what's actually broken. So I start to check myself and I look at my wrist and my wrist is sitting off to the side. So it was really weird that I found out the next day that I had my left wrist broken. I had a bruise on my inner right leg thigh and then I had a gash on the shin part of my right leg. It's like, I don't know how I fell. I just know I jumped up really quick, checked to make sure that the transformer wasn't coming down on me. And, you know, I saw my wrist was broken, so it scared the heck out of me. So I called my supervisor right away, let him know that I fell off the pole. And, you know, he asked if I needed help or if I was hurt. I told him, yeah, I think I broke my, I'm pretty sure I broke my wrist. So he told me to call the ambulance, call 911. So I did. I was planning on doing that anyway. Um, but I went and told my customer what happened so that she's just not waiting for me. Uh, so I told her what happened. And she saw my wrist. And I also had a cut on my lip. So I did hit my face, but I had my hard hat on. So I didn't lose consciousness. I originally said I fell 20 feet, uh, but my manager said that it was uh, farther than that because the other side of where my ladder was was a decline in uh, the yard. So that was like a downhill little slant that they had back there. And the way I fell, he said it was between 30 and 35 feet. And I didn't think a big deal. I didn't think a big deal about any of this that day besides my wrist being broken. Uh, so I told my customer what happened. She helped me get like my safety gear off. Uh, and I just laid it right there. And then I went and got my phone out of my van so I can tell my wife what happened. And I sent her a text saying that uh, I fell off a pole, but I'm okay. And that was it. Because I didn't want to talk to her. And she was also at work. I didn't want to talk to her because I was in so much pain. So much pain. And this wasn't even as bad as it had gotten. Because my adrenaline and everything was still going. So I was riding that adrenaline high. And... She called me within like 30 seconds. She was like, you fell off a pole? <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I fell off a pole, but I'm all right. She was like, how? Like, I don't know. The strand broke. I fell. That Like, she had all the information that I had. I did tell her that I was calling the ambulance, that I'm pretty sure my wrist was broken. And I would tell her which uh, hospital I was going to. Now, my wife doesn't take anything like that for, like, an okay. So, <laughs> she called me while I was in the ambulance. Um, but my manager and my supervisor were both on their way out there. Uh, the police had arrived, and he asked me to sit down. And, you know, I told him that I tried, and... It hurts a lot more when I sit down, so I wanted to stay up and keep walking. But I was babying this arm. Uh, it was my left wrist. I am a lefty. 
So this, you know, I didn't think about how things would be different. So I uh, walked back to the pole where I was, showed him. He's looked at my wrist, said, yeah, it looks pretty good. So I'm like, <laughs> so I, was like <laughs> I was like, pretty good. He's like, well, just, just trying to keep your spirits up. And my customer was, she was awesome. You know, she asked me if I needed water, if I needed ice, if I needed anything. And then when the uh, officer tried to make me or had me sit down again, she went off on him. She's like, didn't he tell you it hurts when he sit down? Just let him stand. I appreciate her for having my back like that. Um, and, you know, it. He wasn't doing anything wrong. He was just trying to get me to sit down, you know, get me relaxed. But, yeah, I was in a lot of pain, and, and my customer was afraid for me because I had just fallen off a pole in her yard. Well, it wasn't really her yard, but I just fell off a pole in the back. So I'm glad that I didn't lose consciousness because no one would have found me for hours, you know, depending on however long I was out. No one would have found me until maybe that customer would have found me trying to see what's taking me so long. Or maybe dispatch would have sent somebody to come help me because they wouldn't have been able to get in touch with me. But that didn't happen. So the fire truck get there. Uh, they checked me out. They One guy said, yeah, it's broken pretty bad. You did a good number on it. It was like, yeah, I understand that. I can see it. It doesn't look right at all. So I get to, uh, well, the ambulance come. And the time I'm in the ambulance, my supervisor and manager gets there. But um, the officer told them that I was uh, being worked on by the paramedics. So they put like a little sling on me. And then they started hitting me with like some really good drugs. It didn't do anything for the pain. But I felt great. I was in a lot of pain, but I felt great. Now, one thing you have to know about me is if I'm not dying, I'm probably smiling and cracking jokes. Probably. So I was in really good spirits that day, that whole day. Uh, we got to the hospital. They let me out. And first person that showed up was safety guy, Ken. He's a friend of mine. His wife is a friend of ours as well. The look on his face was scary to me because he didn't know what he was walking into. Uh, he called his wife so his wife could call my wife to try to prepare her for something that she might see. And everybody was surprised when they got to the hospital. My wife, my twins came, and the look on their faces was also horrifying to me. You know, my manager, my supervisor, the looks on their face was horrifying to me. The way everyone looked when they came through those doors scared the shit out of me because I knew why they were looking at me that way. And it wasn't what they thought. So when the safety guy gets there, I tell him, like, hey, let's do the report. We got to do a report. He's like, dude, do you even know what happened, what just happened? It's like, yeah, I fell off a ladder. <laughs> I fell off a pole. It's like, do you know how far you fell? 
Yeah, 20 feet. He was like, huh, I'm just checking. I'm just checking because you bugging right now. <laughs> I'm like, we got to do the report, right? As things happen, we got to do the report. Let's do the report. I'm not doing anything but laying here in the bed. So he say, wait, we'll take care of it later. Uh, my wife, my kids get there. And, you know, they're looking at me seeing that I'm okay. The only thing that's wrapped up is my wrist. But they're still scared at least 30 or 45 minutes into the time frame of them being there. You know, they're afraid of what's actually going on with me. You know, the doctors are uh, confused because I don't have any other pain other than my wrist. I didn't lose consciousness. Uh, I didn't hurt my back. I didn't hurt my neck. I didn't hurt my legs. I didn't hurt my other arm. Didn't break a rib. Anything. You know, it's just broke my wrist. You know, I do understand how blessed I am. Uh, so I, I thought that I got off really easy. You know, I was sure that I got off really easy. So uh, I got put to sleep twice. One time was to put my wrist back in place, which was weird because one minute my wrist was all over the place and then I wake up and my wrist is looking like a wrist again. Unfortunately, I need surgery. I don't know how many times this happened to anyone else, but I wasn't supposed to have surgery that night. I was supposed to go home and call them and schedule surgery. Uh, It just so happened that somehow somebody's appointment got canceled or rescheduled, and that opened up a spot for me. And I had surgery that night. I was feeling good, you know. I wasn't battered, bruised, wrist was broken, but my body wasn't. Uh, well, not at that point, not that I had known. So, uh, they gave me pain pills, uh, things for infection, things for, uh, they gave me a bunch of medicine. So I stopped taking the oxys after the second or third day because I didn't like the way that they made me feel. I would be asleep and, you know, I I was losing most of the day. It did really good for pain the uh, day after, but I didn't want to be out of it like I was, and I was really out of it. So I threw those away and dealt with the pain for the rest of the days until it went away. Um, Within the next few days, I couldn't sleep because I was having a dream that I kept hitting the ground. You know, and at first I was calling that a nightmare because that shake, it felt like my body was shaking and I would wake up and I couldn't go back to sleep. So that was a nightmare at the time. And then I started to call it a dream because I didn't want it to continue to have that nightmare effect on me. And, you know, it still was a bad effect. Then one night I was sitting downstairs and... About 8 or 9 o'clock, I started having all these negative thoughts. I was blaming myself. I was blaming my company. I was blaming the pole, the strand. I felt like I was being punished. You know, I, I wasn't 
able to form a positive thought in my brain until about 12 or 1 the next afternoon. So I was up all night with this. Once I started to come out of it, I felt like I got this. You know, I, I can get through this. I done been through worse. I get through it. I got it. And, you know, I was okay for a couple of days. I still couldn't sleep because of the dreams. Uh, but I couldn't, I couldn't sleep, but I wasn't having that. I wasn't in that place of negativity either, you know, and I was worried that my depression was showing its ugly head again, you know, and it very may well have could been. Um, but then I had another night like that and it wasn't as bad as the first. I was able to fight it just a little bit. But I couldn't fight it to the point where I needed to. I didn't understand what was going on with me. I didn't understand what was happening. I didn't understand why my brain wasn't being normal. Uh, It was making me not see. It was making me see me as if I didn't know who I was. So um, I got through that night and that went away the next morning and you know I'm going through it and I haven't even been to my first appointment yet for yeah I haven't been to my first appointment yet and then I had my first appointment they took my stitches out and that was pretty painful and I was sitting in the doctor's office with my arm up not resting on anything and my wife could see that I was in a lot of pain and it, it just started hurting. The brace came off, the stitches came out, and I'm sitting here holding my arm and it was so painful. <laughs> she She's like, does it hurt? I'm like, yes. And she could tell I'm in pain like if my legs start shaking really fast. And then uh, the nurse told me, it's like, yeah, just rest it. You don't have to hold it up, just rest it. Uh, it's like, I'm pretty sure you won't move it because most people are afraid to move it now, so they don't, no matter what they do. So I put it down, went and took an x-ray. They showed me the x-ray. It was a titanium plate, three screws, two pins, and yeah. So he knew, he could see it in my face that I was frustrated. I asked him when would I be able to carry a ladder. He said, oh, it'll be months before you can carry a ladder. Like, Six months, maybe even longer. So I was so frustrated at that because that just gave me a time frame of work when I'm going back to work. So at least all for six months. He could see it. You know, it was obvious to everybody. Mm-hmm. I wasn't happy with what I had just heard. And, you know, you can't really blame anyone, you know, for... Feeling sorry for me. But we got through it that I thanked him for the information that he told me and, you know, telling me what needs to be done. This was at like week four. Was it week four? I think it was week four. It was week two when my stitches came out. And yeah, so it was week two when my stitches came out. And after that, um, I started physical therapy. Nope, I didn't start physical therapy yet. I started physical therapy after four weeks. 
six weeks. I started the physical therapy after six weeks. So I kept having to go see him uh, every other week. And uh, between the first and the second time, I had another night where I couldn't be positive. This time I was in a bed with my wife and I was trying to go to sleep. I nodded off for 15 minutes maybe, but I was already feeling bad before I went to sleep. So I had the dream and I'm up, boom, just like that. So I didn't want to wake my wife up, but tears had started coming down my face because I'm at this point where I'm trying not to wake my wife up, but I kind of need her to be woke. Or maybe I don't because there's really nothing that she could do for me right now. So um got out of the bed, let myself calm down as much as I could to the point where I wasn't crying, but I was still in a bad place. So I called my employee services line, got through to my uh, line for seeing a psychiatrist or psychologist, and I was telling them about what I was going through. And the next day, I set up an appointment with my psychologist, and uh, you know she told me at that moment, within that time frame, that my symptoms are signs of PTSD. But she didn't give me a definite answer just yet. You know, I was seeing her once a week. And, you know, it was very hard for me to tell her what I was going through, you know, and what I had been through. But I did promise myself that I would be 100% truthful and honest with her, not just about me falling, but about my past experiences with uh, mental health, me being depressed when I was younger, and some of the things that I've seen growing up. So uh, next time, she said I had depression. So at this time, you know, my wife had yelled at me for not letting her help me. I wouldn't let anyone help me. Don't hold the door. Don't pick up nothing I'm trying to pick up. And, you know, everybody was helping me or trying to help me and I wouldn't let them Uh, but I didn't have that independency anymore because my left hand was broken I couldn't do anything with it I couldn't do anything at all for two months absolutely nothing because I was not allowed to use this wrist this arm at all or put myself in a situation where I would possibly use it So I wasn't allowed to do anything, absolutely nothing. So I was seeing my psychologist, and then I started to see my physical therapist, um, which was finally had me working on range of motion, which uh, progressed really good. So they gave me some hope, you know, that I would be able to go back to work. Um, And then my psychologist told me I had PTSD and that made me like take a step backwards because I have this thing that I don't understand. I don't know what it is and I got a name to it, which helped. But 
it's not something that I've been through before. So I'm in a situation where, you know, I've dealt with everything in my life, or I thought I have. And I thought I knew how my brain works. And now I have this thing that's telling me, no, I don't know how it works. And I won't understand it for a while. I continued to see her and told her about my past experiences. And I found a safe place inside of her office to just talk. Uh, She said I made it easy on her because I would come in and I'm just talking and I'm telling her things that she would maybe tell me, which is good that I can do it in her office, but I can't seem to do it at home. So I, yeah, I, I continue to not be able to sleep. And, you know, that still affects me to this day. And it's, it's kind of sad because I can be up for a day or two at a time and it's like completely normal to me. You know, sometimes I don't even feel tired. But I know that's too long for the body to uh, heal adequately. The body needs the rest. You know, so I sleep when I can, when I can. And, you know, I started doing, dealing with the PTSD and and researching it. And uh, my dreams got worse for a while. So instead of me just falling and hitting the ground, then I started having a dream to where I was looking at myself on the ground unconscious. But I never lost consciousness. So I didn't know where this dream came from. And at first, I thought I was looking at me dead. And one of my kids asked me if if that's what I thought it was. And I told them no, because I didn't want them to think that way. Uh, So I said no, but that's exactly what I thought. You know, and my psychologist told me that I was looking at me. But I was encouraging and pushing myself to take that step, to get up, to move forward. So that's what that was. I don't know if she's right or not, but I like that definition of it. So that's the one that I kept going with. And it didn't always feel true, but it gave me hope that I was encouraging myself to get out of the situation that I was in. So after that, it got a little bit weirder because now I'm looking at myself on the ground. And then my safety guy, manager, and supervisor all walk up. And my outer self is telling them to help the me that's laid out on the ground. So it's like they don't hear me. They turn around, they walk off. And I'm telling them, like, hey, y'all not going to help him? Y'all not going to get him up? You won't do anything? And they just kept walking. And I turned around, like, Dante, get up. So that scared me. It was like, all right, what, what the hell is going on? You know, so I took that as... Maybe that's something telling me that I will never go back to that job, you know, and because I just didn't know. I didn't know what that dream was telling me, if it was telling me anything, but it bothered me. So I eventually uh, told my group that I was having these hard times sleeping and this hard time sleeping, these nightmares 
And, you know, my body was going through this change, you know, and they gave me, they embraced me. And it was something that I didn't know I needed. And I really did need it. But they were right there, you know, and they would check on me. They It wasn't like annoyingly, but it was good, you know. They would check on me, see if I would need anything. Uh, I didn't need anything at that time. And I didn't tell them that I need, even when I did, I didn't really tell anyone, you know. And I was frustrated that I'm only getting 60% of my paycheck, which is a lot less than what my checks actually was. And at first, I'm like, oh, man, this this is good. This is actually what I make or more than what I make. But nothing was being taken out of it. So it looked like my check, but there was nothing being taken out of it. You know, so when you look at insurance, that's almost $700 a month. It's like that's not even a check. That's a check. And then some of the next check. You know, that that. That's stressful. And then my days that to go back to work kept getting pushed back. I lost so much strength in my left arm uh, because I wasn't using it. And, you know, it was like stitched up. And I thought me getting my motion in my wrist was all that needed to be done until I tried to lift a 10-pound weight. And I couldn't. Well, actually, it was a 5-pound weight at first. I could not lift five pounds. So, to that point, recap really quick. Fell off a pole, broke my wrist, had surgery, PTSD, sent a psychologist, uh, going through physical therapy, frustrated Mm -hmm. at the process. Mm -hmm. My left arm is broken. I am a lefty. My life as I knew it was completely different completely different because everything that I was comfortable with and everything that I could do, I could no longer do. I couldn't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't find a way to do it because I am a lefty. A lefty. I couldn't do it. I couldn't figure it out. So Mm -hmm. I had to um I had to try to think about I had to try to think about something that would actually work for me. Something that'll make me feel like I'm moving forward. And that was lifting a five pound weight. You would not believe how much success you can feel from going from five pounds to seven pounds. Now, I'm not doing anything but working on my wrists because <laughs> I thought that was building up everything I needed. So uh, I borrowed a 20-pound weight from a friend of mine next door, uh, and I could not lift it. I was embarrassed one time because I went to the store, got some laundry detergent, and tried to grab it with my left hand. Because I kept forgetting. And I dropped it. As soon as I pulled it off the shelf, it fell right out of my arm. 
The detergent was all over the floor. I was embarrassed. So when one of the uh, workers came around and asked me what happened, I literally told them the whole story. <laughs> I told them everything that happened from the moment I fell up until that moment right there. He was like, don't worry about it. It's cool. But I was so embarrassed. I was ashamed. I was hurt that I had just did that. And this was where my <clears throat> where my life was at this point. I felt so bad. And I could not lift 10 pounds at this point. And at this point, my cast is off. Uh, so there's nothing but like a, a sleeve that I was wearing to remind me that I still had issues with this arm. But it <laughs> sometimes it didn't work too good. Um, <clears throat> went to Chicago for a family reunion. I was not supposed to barbecue because of the uh, potential of me using my left hand. But I barbecued anyway. Started at early in the morning and by maybe noon, my left hand was so swollen and I had not used it at all. I just didn't elevate it at all. So my my hand was really swollen and it took all day to get it down all day. And for what the doctor say, that'll that's something that will continue to happen uh, from time to time. There's no way to explain it or really tell me what it is, but I think that's how doctors work these days. They don't know what's wrong with anything anymore. Um, we got through the family reunion, and I slept at my mother's house. And I'm this huge mama's boy. Huge mama's boy. It's ridiculous. <laughs> the only person I know that's a bigger mama's boy than me is my son, Jamal. <laughs> For real. But... um you know, it's not only me that's going through this. It's, it's my family and mainly my wife. You know, she wants to be there for me. She wants to uh, help me. And for one, I won't let her. And for two, you know, it is, it's not much she can do for me, you know. Um, I was talking to her about, like, how I was feeling and things that I was going through. You know, at one point she uh, she told me maybe I'm talking about it too much. And that's why it's on my mind so much, you know, and I didn't take that for what she was actually saying. I thought she was telling me that I was talking to her too much about it. So I stopped talking to her about it. You know, I um, felt like she didn't want to hear it. So I stopped talking to her about it. You know, I just... I kept it all in until I saw my psychologist or until I don't think I really told anybody like the details of how deep this went. You know, it, it was pretty deep. It was pretty deep. Um, but during, what was it? This is December. So maybe in October, I started to have anxiety attacks. And my wife saw one of my episodes and it scared the crap out of her. She didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. I would just lay there and wait till it went away. You know, I didn't actually know how dangerous anxiety attacks could be. You know, I just, I stayed 
in one place to try to calm myself down for as long as I could so it can go away. And I'm not sure if it worked or not, but I know them damn attacks lasted a long time. It was like between 30 to 45 minutes each time. Uh, I told my psychologist about that. She wanted to make sure that um, I wasn't clinically diagnosed with PTSD before she knew that if it was something that just happened because of the fall or if it's something that I'll live with. Personally, from what I'm experiencing, I think it's something that I'll live with uh, because I still have a lot of effects that I had in the beginning from it, you know, but I am more equipped to deal with it. Uh, so it doesn't make me feel the way that it made me feel before. I'm not crying. Uh, I'm not feeling hopeless. You know, I'm not trying to understand what's wrong with me. I'm not having those negative nights. So I've got myself on the right track. But I still have, you know, all of those symptoms. Uh, sleep, the dreams. Uh, anxiety isn't as bad as it was. But I'll notice, like, my hands start shaking. Like, my son won a state championship. And I am 110% sure I had an anxiety attack. I'm sweating. I'm shaking. But I'm still recording. I'm still screaming. I'm still in the game. And at this time, they had won the game. The game was done. <laughs> but I knew I was having an anxiety attack, and I didn't let it take over me. And I think that's something that I'll have to learn more because I'm not sure if that was the right thing for me to do. You know, and it was another parent behind me that saw me use my hella. And, you know, she was like, I might need some, too. But she could see something that was, something was wrong with me as well. So <clears throat> I had all these issues. You know, I've been battling this for since July 17th at 10.03 a.m. I remember the exact time that I looked at my phone. And 10.03 was on my phone for a while, so it, it had to have just changed. So I fell at 10.03 or I hit the ground at 10.03. Because <laughs> I got up and started making calls that quick. Um, but I've battled with this, you know, and I take pride in, in knowing myself, you know, knowing what I've been through and and being a positive person. And, you know, I take pride in this like a lot. And it pissed me off that I didn't know what the hell was going on with me. So every time. When I started having those dreams, that was I was already as back as far as I thought I can go. And then I got diagnosed with PTSD, which isn't all bad because I had a name to it. But I still couldn't control it, which it didn't make me take a step back. It just made me want to research into it more. Then my dreams got worse, which felt like a step back. Then it progressed and it felt like a step back. And then I was supposed to go to work and they pushed it back. That was a step back. 
And then the next time I was supposed to see my doctor, which was supposed to be the next time he sent me back to work was the day that I started my work hardening class, which is another type of therapy. So it got pushed back more. Now, the work hardening program, if it's something that you can do at the end of the program, then it goes on your work profile. No matter where you go, what you do, this will be on your work profile. So I was worried about that. If it's something that I can't do, it scared the shit out of me that it would be something that would stop me from getting a job if I can't work with the company that I'm with now. Scared the crap out of me. But I started that program. My lifting was uh, very weak when I started. My grip strength was very weak when I started. The program was supposed to be eight weeks and I finished it in five. But also doing a program, I had a huge step back because I had two family members that passed and uh, that along with everything else that I was going through was this big pile of crap that I had to deal with. Uh, so I go to Chicago, you know, we leave, we get to Chicago on Thursday, funeral's not till Saturday, so I'm thinking Friday I'll have some time to put myself in the room and deal with it. I didn't. So Friday we did whatever we were doing to get ready for the funerals. Saturday, we get up, go to my uncle's funeral, and that is my church side of the family, so they are church people you know so his funeral was way longer than it was supposed to be (laughs) sorry auntie (laughs) but it was so long I had to tell her that I had to go to my cousin's funeral and the good thing about it is most of them already knew that we had two funerals uh so I get my wife my kids we go to my cousin's funeral that was so hard on me like that was hard on everybody I that was hard and I just knew I was doing so good but to see her there laying there and her kids Seeing her land there was bad. It was so bad. It was so bad. And I wasn't okay. I was not okay from that moment forward. You know, we drove back home and I helped a friend's mother get her car back from Indiana, not Indiana, from Wisconsin. See, now I got tears coming down my face. From in uh, Wisconsin to Minnesota. And it starts to snow. My wife get a hotel because she doesn't like driving in the snow because she's had an accident before. And I kept going, you know. But I wasn't of 100% of sound body and mind. You know, my mind was maybe 60% there. You know, but we made it home. Dropped me off. She went home. 
She brought me B-dubs. I love B-dubs. <laughs> but I got home and I felt everything. Everything. You know, I, I felt my cousin, my uncle, my PTSD, my nightmares, my anxiety, fear, worry, confusion. I felt everything. And I didn't have my wife here, you know, and I blamed myself because I should have stopped, you know, and at first I wanted to stop, but my friend's mother didn't have a medicine, so we couldn't really afford to stop. But I felt it when I got home, I felt everything. I felt everything. And you know, I finished my work hardening program. They evaluated me and my strength with left and went from very weak to strong to extremely strong, depending on what I'm lifting and how I'm lifting it. So that was a big accomplishment for me. I finished that program in five weeks. I've been trying to do those things for four months and couldn't do it. So Saunders therapy is awesome. Trust me, it works wonders. I've seen people with uh, rotator cuffs that, that didn't heal right or that they had issues with, and they made progress. So Saunders works wonders, you know. I still see my psychologist, but for a while I've been seeing her once every other week. I haven't seen her since I've got back from Chicago uh, for the funerals, but I've been okay. You know, I haven't been 100%, but I've been okay. I've been okay to deal with it. The thing about this time of being off work, I've been able to be more productive inside the community. You know, and I have a passion for something here, you know. Uh, I started mentoring a kid today, and I'm hoping that that could be a path that I can take. Um, but I can't quit my job. You know, I have to make money and I have to go hard because... Uh, we wasn't making the money that I make for four months. That was a lot of income that was lost. And, uh, yeah, I'm hoping to make some changes, you know, that'll be directed at something that I absolutely love. Absolutely love. And it's making sure that kids are okay. That is the one thing that I got from everything this summer. You know, this fall was the biggest blessing that I've ever had because it's made me realize that I do take things for granted sometimes, and it's small things, but it's things that matter, like being left-handed and not having a left hand. But it also made me realize that I fell 30 or 35 feet off a pole and I only broke a wrist. And I've read stories and talked to people who have been in worse situations. There was a technician in another state that fell 15 feet from a ladder and died. I fell 30 feet and broke a wrist. You know? So <clears throat> I have some concerns going back to work. I'm not 100% okay with going back to work, but I need to go back to work. 
and I need to work on that part that scares me. You know, because I will never live my life in fear. I refuse to. And if I can make it this far, I can at least get past that fear. It doesn't mean I have to do the job. I just need to get past that fear to know it won't hinder the decisions that I make. It won't have an effect on my life that way. Um, Yeah. So this has been the last four months of my life. It's been really difficult, uh, very trying, extremely confusing, and it's been good. It's been awesome. You know, it's been beautiful. It's been a blessing. You know, it's been all of these things, and I appreciate it. Every single thing. I appreciate it. Because the better I come out of these situations, the better I am for me. And the better I am for me, the better I'll be to help someone else deal with some of their issues that they're going through. I just want to help people. And if this is an experience that I needed in order for me to be better prepared to help someone, that's okay with me. But I know now that I need to do the work to get me going in that direction. So I have a podcast. Uh, It's Dante Hughes, The Vulnerable Truth. I have a website, vulnerabletruths.com. I have a Facebook group page that's confusing as hell. And the uh, username on that is truthfully truthfully (sighs) truthfully vulnerable. Um, yeah, and hopefully, you know, I can get to a point where things are putting me in a different direction of maybe being a mentor or maybe doing something in the school district or maybe it's something with mental health that I can do because I've experienced a lot. And I'll keep everyone updated about the uh, the kid I'm working with now to see how my mentor skills are. You know, and if you're listening to this, I thank you. I appreciate you listening. I would love it if I could get some comments. That would be awesome. Like that would be really good if I can get comments. Um, but I'm not even sure which sites have comments, but my podcasts are everywhere, literally like on a thousand sites. I don't know if it's that many, but it's a lot of sites. Um, as with anything, I hope someone finds something really, really good in the things that I talk about and and possibly able to use it in your life, you know, or for you to help someone else. My success is not me getting through things alone. My success happens when I'm able to help someone else deal with things that they go through. So I appreciate you guys. I really do. I thank you for listening. Reach out to me on Facebook, on the website. I just want to know what everyone thinks. Thanks and enjoy your Saturday. (laughs) Later.